are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? Good, good. And you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Welcome to the show. Indeed. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks is... for showing up today. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's my job. So. <laughs> And, and you know, I know this one will air later, but I think it's always interesting, you know, to talk about the now. And this is the last podcast we're recording before breaking for the holidays. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, because uh, <laughs> we've been on a bit of a sprint of late. And of uh, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, but it's fun. It is for sure. This is uh, one of the more enjoyable parts of the job. No question. Absolutely. And uh, today we're getting to talk about one of our absolute favorite subjects, of course, ABM, account based marketing. That makes it sound boring. I think our favorite work subject. I mean, we're, I think people should know that we're probably more interesting people in real life. We don't just always talk about marketing. Oh, so. well, but I think they want to know that we actually know what we're doing. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it happens <laughs> not <laughs> just when we're in the office. Indeed. But, uh, but yeah, no, ABM. Uh, look, today's, uh, uh, today's show uh, is going to uh, – look, I, I'm excited to dive into it because I think sometimes when people – um, look at ABM, it can sometimes feel like you're boiling an ocean, you know, like, oh, I've got to select a, 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 an ABM platform. There's not a lot of kind of feature parity between them. So that can take you a, a very long and winding road and, mm-hmm. and uh, how to structure a pilot, et cetera. I mean, there's a lot of questions that uh, emerge. And, and, and today's guest is, uh, I think, taking a, a unique approach and, uh, and has learned along the way, and uh, I'm excited that uh, he's here to share it with us. Yeah, and it is always nice to talk to somebody who has has actually practiced ABM. Indeed. And is not just thinking about it, because it is still very much a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. So joining us today is uh, Taylor Naruski. T- Taylor is the Marketing Communications Leader at ARCA. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Taylor. Welcome, guys. Pleasure to be here with you. Uh, before you guys head off into uh, what will hopefully be a relaxing couple of weeks of of napping and uh, just hanging out. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward and bicycles. You know, <laughs> as long as long as weather holds, there could be some good biking to be done. I think maybe we should get back to the nap. I I feel like like a, a nap to me is kind of like the summer vacation in Greece thing to do. It's um, yeah. Uh, but you know, maybe the whole long winter's nap thing is there for a yeah, reason. I mean, I didn't book. make it up. Yeah, yeah, it's in the book. They made it for young parents of young children. Uh, essentially, <laughs> that's that's yeah. yeah. That was when I least napped, <laughs> but most wanted to. Yeah, I know. Mine are teenagers now, and you can't get them out of bed. So, <laughs> well, look, Taylor, uh, let's uh, let me tell our listeners a bit about you and um, and Arca because Arca is in an interesting little business and it's not one that uh, kind of people think about often I think yeah so I I guess a little bit about uh, me so I kind of fell backwards into marketing is how I ended up uh, telling most people uh, my background in in school was uh, in public policy um, which you know I think that what I took from that uh, and carried with me into marketing was being able to tell a story uh, with data um, or, or look at data and be able to find a story, and um, uh, ended up landing at a small medical marketing agency, um, uh, one of those very small shops with about six employees, um, and kind of got thrown into the deep end and found out that I really liked learning 
um, any kind of uh, marketing technology. So, uh, you, you know, being able to send uh, newsletters uh, through marketing automation platforms, social media strategy, uh, doing a little bit of WordPress and, and that type of thing. Um, so I got to I got to try my hand uh, at a lot of things. Um, along with uh, telling doctors that no, you can't write that on the internet. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. Um, uh, and then I found my way uh, to Arca uh, after I, I got married to my wife and moved up here um, uh, to Durham, North Carolina. Uh, she's getting her PhD or got uh, finished her PhD uh, in English literature. So um, you better get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, so I uh, found my way to ARCA, had kind of grown tired of the agency uh, thing and wanted to work uh, with kind of just one client and focus on building building their brand. And so came on as the, as the digital marketing manager, um, was in that role uh, for about a year and a half uh, before kind of taking over the, the leadership reins uh, of, the, of the team. And so uh, more specifically about what ARCA does, um, been in business for 22 years, uh, technology manufacturer. We make our, our kind of flagship product is what's known as a cash recycler, um, which a lot of people uh, seem to equate to um, uh, money laundering, uh, I think is, uh, is one of the things, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, just with that term. And then um, there's a couple other companies that have names that are similar to ours that recycle refrigerators. And so our, our contact forms are constantly wondering when we're going to be that be by to pick up uh, their refrigerator. Um, but uh, the actual cash recyclers is a pretty simple machine. Um, it does just a couple of couple important things It accepts cash and it dispenses cash. Uh, and in between it's, it's stored in a secure vault. Uh, you'll, you'll typically find these in banks and credit unions uh, on the teller line or in the customer service. Um, universal banker desks if they have an open floor plan uh, or in retail shops uh, in the in the back office where they're um, starting their uh, doing start funds or um, uh, kind of uh, end of the day uh, till management um, uh, type of stuff and then we we also uh, take some of those component parts that make up a cash recycler and sell them to um, uh, to folks that make kiosks. So we have a, an OEM channel, um, you know, so something that you would see in a, um, uh, like car wash or a movie theater somewhere where, you know, it accepts cash and dispenses cash essentially. That's very cool. That's very cool. I've, I mean, this is one of the great things about the show. You get to <laughs> learn about pretty interesting companies that Products you just otherwise that, wouldn't know. Yeah. And we, you see them, you know, Indeed. you go into the bank, you, you see the machines and, uh, and I mean, I, we're going to get into the ABM side of things, but uh, I, I love you told us a story when we when we chatted initially about how one of, of a very successful piece of uh, content was uh, for the people who were using the machines day to day were laminated guides mm -hmm. to uh, to how they work and, and how fantastic that was as a resource and a requested resource from the people who work there. And I just think it's a. You know, it's one of those things that a lot of marketers, especially digital marketers, often eschew the idea of how they could use physical content to help power their program and create better connectivity with their customers. And I think that's just a, a lovely example of here's a piece of technology and here's how you use it. And it's right in front of you with the technology. Yeah, I think I think marketers can sometimes uh, 
be a little too um, narrowly focused on thinking about large scale brand things and something as, as tactile as, um, hey, here is something that's going to be by this machine or in a drawer next to the machine or taped on the machine um, that shows you how to use it. Uh, or if you run into a problem, here are some easy steps. Um, we are like most manufacturers and have really long, very thorough, uh, very detailed uh, manuals. Um, but most of us, you know, uh, would, would much rather prefer be able to look at something and decide, can I fix this myself or do I need to give somebody a call? Um, and that was, that was kind of the thought. We have a, a good relationship uh, with our um, service executive leader uh, and our service team leaders here, uh, where, where they're able to kind of come to us with some, with some ideas or say, here's some things that we're thinking about. Um, and that was, that was one of the projects um, that, that came out of those, our conversations that we had, I think roughly this time last year. I, I, I love it. And I mean, there's a lot of companies, uh, manufacturers included, who would force people to go to a landing page and enter their information and count the conversions in order to access that document. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's great to, uh, you know, to not forget the basics and really help those folks. Your print shop roots are showing. Yes, they are. In the way that works. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Look, I mean, that, that, that there's a, there is a certain connectivity between the intimacy with customer a notion of that delivery and the structuring of a one-to-one ABM program. Uh, and as you chose to pilot ABM, that's kind of where you started, wasn't it? Was looking at a kind of taking that deep research and doing a, a one-to-one approach. Can you tell us about kind of the structure of the program and um give us more detail yeah so um uh, and i'll try to be brief with this um because uh, I've, I've talked a lot about a lot about it internally uh here at arca but um our background is is basically the same kind of timeline as most people of um you know we were doing outbound marketing eight years ago where we were sending a lot of direct mail and who clicked on the email or opened the email let's hurry up and give them a call um, and then right before I joined the organization, um, uh, the, the two other content producers that are still with us today uh, just wrote uh, an inordinate amount of, uh, of content, like an impressive amount. Um, I, the way that I kind of quantify that for people is that we, uh, we have a 124-page book on cash recycling um, uh, written by uh, Paige, uh, majority by Paige Clark uh, and Matt, Matt Besh, who are on, who are on my team. Um, and just again, 124 page book about something that you guys had never heard of before we talked is, it's quite impressive in terms of a piece of content. And so a lot of that was used with, you know, inbound tactics of, you know, hoping that people would use us as an educational resource. And then it, it kind of dawned on me when I listened to our sales team talk at the, some of their planning meetings is it, while we had much more of a demand generation lead base, like try to do content syndication, have people fill out forms when they came to the site, you know, standard stuff. Um, what they were really talking about is that they wanted to get into XYZ account and had a whole list of those accounts. And so it kind of started to dawn on me that, well, if the sales team is tactically thinking about how to get into accounts instead of just we'll talk to anybody that fills out a form or chase after uh, these folks, then we needed um, a strategy in our playbook uh, to be able to kind of uh, target those accounts and, you know, started to 
do what most uh, marketers do when they're trying to figure out a new tactic or a new strategy is, is um, you know, head to your, your search engine and figure out how to type the exact question correctly so that you can get some results, uh, results back. And um, uh, my, uh, my boss at the time um, handed, uh, handed me something about ABM um, and we kind of landed on uh, Terminus um, uh, which at the time was simply just a kind of display ad ABM platform. Uh, they had not done uh, the amount of acquisitions uh, that they have done now to kind of become much more of a robust ABM platform. Um, and uh, so he said, here, this is your project to, uh, to run with. And um, uh, we had a, a new uh, salesperson um, on the team that had kind of been tasked with uh, getting first appointments at some of these larger accounts. Um, and um, uh, after kind of our initial conversations, uh, what we decided on is that we were going to take a, uh, an approach where um, we would create uh, or we would do one-to-one -one, um, uh, at first. And we felt that that was the, the best way to go. Um, so, uh, okay. Sorry, and Taylor, I had in my notes that I mean, you, you, the, you kind of picked the tough ones, if I recall. Right. Um, like, <laughs> okay, like we're going to take the, the accounts that we've had the most difficulty with over time, and that's going to be our proof, our proof case. So, that, so that's how you did it. Yeah. So the the, the kind of state was, hey, uh, and we started off with sixteen uh, in the program. Was here's sixteen accounts that are um, these medium to large accounts that. We have tried, we do not have contacts. Our uh, channel partners do not have contacts. Our referral partners do not have contacts here. And we've just been unsuccessful in landing these counts. Which I think is like a different starting place than just some, nobody's tried to call on them yet. Like yeah. there's been a few swings and misses, you know? Like, <laughs> which I just think is, um, I don't know, it's a ballsy, uh, it's a ballsy pilot. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, you know, you certainly don't want to do, well, these are our dream accounts. And if we landed this, then, you know, we would all get promotions and medals and be deemed heroes. But, um, you know, let's prove that we can get into some of these accounts with this, this methodology, because what we've been doing uh, up to this point hasn't really worked. They, they aren't coming to the website, they aren't responding, or we can't get through uh, with with calls and, and direct mail and emails. Um, so uh, what's, a, what's a more comprehensive approach to trying to, uh, to gain their attention um, in a trustworthy manner that they actually want to talk to you too. That's, that's the other part of, you can, you can always get attention uh, it's just, do they want to talk to you after you've gotten their attention? Exactly well, and, right. And I think one of the things that's really nice about this too, is just the, uh, you know, the fact that your sales team identified, first of all, that they even had target accounts is, uh, is impressive. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't often happen. I mean, it's a normal, it is a normal thing for sales. It's just that we're often shocked that the number of sales organizations we encounter that don't have targets. Exactly. Accounts, yeah. And, and <laughs> that they were willing to kind of like, look, we've, we've had a hard time with the tactics that have worked in other places with these accounts. So what can we do in order to see if this is going to work? I, I love that. I yeah, think it's nice that it started cool. from a place of that collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, and, I, and anything you read about ABM is always going to talk about being aligned with sales. And, um, you know, I think at, at our organization at that time, um, we were 
we were decently aligned, but I would say for this ABM pilot, um, kind of the, the key factor was being aligned with that that singular salesperson. Um, I think that a, that a lot of the success came with somebody whose main focus was those accounts that we were working on for uh, utilizing these tactics, um, that they were solely focused on that as opposed to, um, you know, uh, chasing other things in addition to this, um, you know, the, this is the, the last thing that they wanted to do or somebody gave them, uh, gave them this task. It was, nope, this is, this is your job, focus on doing X um, and, and we'll see how this turns out. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. So what was the extent of the the, the one-to-one uh, campaign? Can you give me a bit of the, the kind of the overview of the, the anatomy of it, if you will? What did you do for research? What was the account-based advertising approach, the extent to which it was customized, et cetera? So sure. Um, so uh, it, it was really simple. I know that uh, a lot of uh, larger organizations that, you know, the research can include market position and just uh, lots of kind of in-depth research with, you know, these very large um, sales that they were doing. Um, you know, one of the one of the benefits uh, that we have in the, the ABM space is, you know, most people are talking about fit, finding the right fit. Uh, that's usually from a software perspective. Um, but, you know, as a manufacturer and somebody that's been in business for 20 years, you know, our bread and butter is banks and credit unions. And, um, you know, there is there is a limited number of those. They are not rapidly opening new banks and new credit unions throughout the year um, in that way. And so and basically, if you're a bank or a credit union, you can use what you sell. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's not a whole lot of like, well, actually we couldn't, you know, um, we're, we're not interested in improving our operations and our customer service. You know, that's, we keep the cash in a box on Jimmy's desk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, uh, so kind of the assets that, that we ended up creating, um, was, uh, a, a landing page and that landing page, you know, fairly, fairly standard, um, to start with. Uh, but as we got into the details uh, and fleshed it out, it became a bit uh, a bit more thoughtful, which I think is kind of the whole purpose of ABM. Of uh, had about four sections on it. The kind of title header and what we were covering in each of those sections was tied to uh, our company's core values. Um, so explaining a little bit about ourselves, um, what we had to offer, but not in detail, um, had a video uh, talking about how easy we were to work with um, from a lot of our, our customers that our um, wonderful in-house videographer made. Um, and then uh, probably the, the, the strangest thing was that the final section had a picture of the sales uh, saleswoman uh, who was going to do be doing the outreach. And basically it didn't have a form. Uh, we weren't trying to capture your information. It was basically saying, hey, we're going to contact you. This is the person that will be on the other line calling or uh, behind that email that you'll see in your inbox. Um, and we're not here to pressure you if you've taken the time to click on this ad um, into giving us your information. We're, we're, it's incumbent upon us to find your information and contact you that way. So 
I, I thought that was a little bit of a different approach. So um, did you resist the urge to even put uh, the sales uh, woman's uh, phone number and email address on there? No, so we I, I didn't didn't go that far. We did put a uh, phone number and email on there um, if somebody wanted to reach out. Okay, okay. I was going to say that would be even more kind of yeah. standoffish, you know, yeah. <laughs> thing, which is uh, I kind of like. Yeah, so had that had that landing page. Um, we had a number of ads, um, and like uh, those those one to, the like other one to one ads, we used their name, the company's name in the in the ads. Um, felt that that was more attention grabbing. Uh, we didn't try to do anything like use their logo because um, that's a great way to get cease and desist letters um, for from companies that very much are protective of the brand for good reason. Um, but uh, had those ads uh, that led to the landing page and then had a um, a really nice initial email um, uh, that was that was written. Um, I think there was one kind of loose template um, that the that the salesperson created uh, that that linked to that landing page. It didn't go in depth about um, who we are, but just uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you about the things that we're doing uh, in the cash recycling space. Um, and, um, you know, when can we set up an appointment? So it was, it was tailored to each of the individuals uh, that the salesperson was, was reaching out to. Um, she had done uh, the, the super fun work of, of finding out who was the right contact at these various locations uh, through some, some research tools like a, a sales navigator um, or, um, you know, the bank's website or, or calling the bank and trying to find out who, who it was that she needed to reach out to. That's old fashioned phone tree research. Yeah. That, <laughs> exactly. is, that is some hard work. <laughs> it is. It is. And I like that the, um, look, I think sometimes a lot of marketers get in their own way as they think about sales, especially those that are not particularly, you know, or haven't sold themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll, they think almost in some ways it's a bit of a, not a bait and switch, but like you, you kind of, like you have to be somehow not obvious about what your intentions <laughs> are, and there's, yeah. But but the fact of the matter is, I mean, good sales is just simply it, it's okay to say you want to have a sales yeah. conversation, yeah. and we have something here that can help, and uh, and do so respectfully, and not have to, uh, I don't know, play hide the weenie or whatever. Well, and I, I also like how you approach the landing page. I mean, it, it would have been very easy to just talk about you know, how much faster and more efficient the, the cash recycler is than the competition or or anything like that. But instead, you talked about the ease of working with you, uh, you know, in, in a video. And I, did you, is that coming from a, a place of uh, research or, or knowledge that uh, that the industry is uh, is not normally that way? Or what was the reason for including that? Um, I, because our, our machines aren't simply something like it most people that talk about like something software as a service or something like that, it's, it's changing some backend processes. Your IT people are going to have to really pivot and maneuver what they do. And, you know, um, several of their employees have to fill out new forms. Um, our machines are physically changing the space, um, in an organization and then changing these processes that, you know, really when you look at cash, cash handling hasn't changed in hundreds of years of, you know, uh, well, I need some more cash. I've got to go back to the vault. We got to have two people here to take a look at this um, uh, to make sure that that cash is accounted for. Uh, and now that 
you know, once you bring in our machine, you no longer have to have dual control um, uh, events. And so the, the thought process was that, you know, this is going to be something that's going to disrupt your physical space and then disrupt processes. And uh, I feel like if you don't have a good um, service minded message, even from the beginning um, as a manufacturer, that, um, you know, that someone's going to look somewhere else because, you know, the machines, yes, there are features and um, this one has this widget and that one has uh, this other widget, but like people want to work with people that are easy to work with. Uh, particularly when you're going to disrupt that much um, of their time. And if you do that well, um, and you talk about it on the front end at the beginning of the message um, when talking to customers, I, I think that, that that sets you up for success and, and sets their expectations a little bit higher for, for you and if they were to go um, you know, do their research on, um, on a competitor. So, hmm. Yeah, that's a nice bit of insight. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So look, um, we had the personalized one-to-one ads uh, driving to the customized landing destination, um, uh, sales follow-up, email, phone, um, and sixteen accounts initially. Let's uh, let's talk about some results. Where do we end up? Yeah, so um, uh, we had I think. Thirty-five percent. Um, if that's not a uh, if that's not an even number, I'm not going to do math while on a podcast. Um, then uh, then round up for me. Um, but uh, yeah, thirty-five percent um, uh, set appointments um, uh, from that, which was I mean, again, these are as you mentioned accounts that we had had no success getting in, um, and so had. Uh, had not just you know one appointment, but several appointments with these uh, with these customers, um, and uh, you know the from that pilot, um, not just from those those initial accounts, but kind of some of this some of this methodology in terms of ca- uh, continuing through. Uh, I think to date, you know, have had contributed four point eight million uh, uh, to influence four point eight million in, in pipeline, and then influenced another. <laughs> I think off the top of my head, it's like 11 point something million um, in pipeline uh, to date. And again, we continue to do some of the demand generation and inbound and other traditional marketing avenues. But this has been something that we've continued uh, for um, certain accounts and kind of certain um, certain situations uh, since since that pilot. And And part of that continuation has been trying to scale it, has it not? Right. And so this 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 very easily aligned uh, with the one salesperson who was dedicated to this um, and, and doing some of the research, you know, the um, lots of people kind of start off in the one-to-one um, and then you try to do the one-to-many. Um, and, and I would say that the, the one-to-many efforts, if we, they were a bit more of the, um, like this salesperson chooses 40 accounts, that salesperson chooses 40 accounts. And for the next, Two months, three months. We're going to go after those accounts for those salespeople. Um, I, I think the administrative burden um, to to stay aligned uh, with the salespeople on these are the accounts and what's happening and being able to feed them information um, in 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 real time. Um, I, I think uh, became a little bit onerous um, a couple of times and. Uh, probably the research. Of, uh, I mentioned that that initial salesperson, and she was very dedicated and a very good researcher um, online to be able to find contacts. Um, and while 
when we when we moved to uh, having a lot more accounts, uh, that became a lot harder um, uh, as that spread across uh, the the sales group because you know this. Yeah, and that competency is not universal among salespeople. Let's be let's be clear. Correct. Yeah. That's not being disrespectful to those salespeople. It's just a—it's not a natural natural part of the beast, really. No, absolutely, and I think the the other sales uh, folks that didn't take to that naturally, like their kind of sales rhythm looked a little bit different, um, and and they were doing, they were going after uh, when we tried to do the one to many, they were going after accounts of all sizes um, as opposed to a specific set that had criteria. Uh, you know, so if, if you were to play the what would you do differently? I think the the criteria for the accounts that we may have gone after and that that one to many would have been much tighter, um, uh, probably a smaller number um, because if you're trying to do because um, uh, because you want to personalize it up to a point um, uh, with, with everything, um, but there's only so much when it's forty for one person uh, as opposed to sixteen or, or ten uh, uh, for one person, and so. <coughs> I think that's great advice, uh, Taylor. I, like, yeah, as you do try to scale, I think it is critical that people think, you know, it's not just about uh, throwing this tactic soup at a larger number of accounts. You've got to find a tighter grouping of uh, of like accounts in some and way. Develop and for, the messaging and process yeah. for each one of those, perhaps bespoke. And for some people, that's um, that's vertical specific. I, I don't know. Maybe credit unions are in some way unique or different than banks and how you might sell to them. So maybe you carve it that that language out differently. Or those campaigns may feel different. I mean, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's an, it's an important point to raise, and, it, and it's something I think uh, a lot of people, when they begin to to tier an account list, really what we're talking about here is more your tier two account uh, structure. Um, they think it's almost going to be set it and forget it. And I, I think you should probably think it's going to be set it and revise it a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Test it. No, that's a, that's a great point. And I, I the, the kind of research piece that I, I, uh, I did mention earlier um, on the landing page is, is we did some research on each of these accounts to see what they said about themselves on their website, you know, so two, three, uh, three pay, three clicks deep uh, at most of, you know, what are their values? What's their mission and their community or communities that they happen to be in? Um, and we included some of that language in the email that we sent and we had it highlighted on the landing page. And I, I do think that that shows, um, you know, some, some small initiative. Uh, like I said, there are organizations that have the bandwidth to do some really impressive amount of, of research, but that was, that fit for, for our industry and our, our bandwidth. And I, I do think that that showed, oh, these people have actually done some research about us. Um, we, we might be more inclined to have some um, some conversation with them. Whereas when you went to the many, obviously you can't, you don't have that personalized language on there. It's much more demand generation um, similar, um, or it felt at the time a little bit more demand generation similar. Um, and so uh, I don't know that the the people that we reached out to had that same sort of connection that ABM I think is is supposed to uh, to garner. Hmm. So given given that and uh, kind of where you are now, what's next? Uh, what are you excited about for 2021 with the ABM? Um, so we did have some success with uh, with events in ABM and doing some. Uh, uh, targeting that we're going to be an event. We'd like to talk with people and 
and doing that one to many approach, I think seemed to, uh, to work, um, being able to speak to this specific segment of, of users that are going to show up to this, um, user conference. Um, well, since, uh, since we're not necessarily uh, guaranteed to have events in, in 2021, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be part of that, uh, part of that strategy, but in the, in the retail space, we have a, a specific sector that we're, uh, that we're going after, um, that we're, we're starting to use some of that one-to-one -one approach for, uh, some of those, um, similar large, large scale accounts, um, that we haven't necessarily had success getting in front of. Um, and I think the, the ABM model of, uh, carefully timed display ads with email follow-up and likely some direct mail, I would imagine, um, to, to land on their desk. And that could be anything from a, a, a small gift to, um, you know, a, a printed customer story, um, along with a handwritten note. Um, we, we've had some success with some of those of, of garnering attention is likely, I think our, our ABM approach for, for 2021 is, is using this more in the, in the retail space. Um, cause we have a dedicated salesperson that is focused only on this one industry. Um, and, and I think getting back to that, uh, that kind of collaboration is, is going to be key for us. And whether it's that retail grouping or, like you said, trade events or what have you, it's still that same lesson. A tighter yeah. grouping is yeah. what's driving the, the success. The nichier the niche, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the better off you're going to be with ABM. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Taylor, it's been a great uh, great chatting with you today. Thanks so much for uh, joining the show and uh, sharing your experience. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Jeff, Carmen, absolutely pleasure talking to you guys today. Thanks for having me on. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring. <laughs>